Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for checking out the newest episode of the Skyward Cast. I think we're on episode 17 right now. It's been a minute. I'm Joey Craig here with my co-host, Delvin Cox. What's going on? Say man? peace to cats who rock Mac, Mac knock knowledges, street astrologers, light up the mic, God knowledges, fly joints that carry the points. Cool out. I can't mess up that one up. <laughs> <laughs> hey. It's hard to recite Raekwon lyrics because he raps in such a unique way. He's it's hard right? to... You just didn't fucking ask that question, did you? I'm just. Hey, of I'm course, just... Raekwon is Wu Tang. That was before my time, so I, I gotta, I gotta make sure. Oh my god! They just did a big I... documentary on Wu Tang and everything. I know Ghost, uh, Ghostface. I know RZA. Uh, Ray Kwan, one of the main members of Wu Tang. Look, if you never listen to him, that's not gonna matter. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I've listened to maybe You're two a terrible songs. Person. You're a terrible I know Cream, person. and he's the one who raps on Cream. Hey, he's the one who raps on Cream. I don't know all the dudes by name. Like, hey, now I know four. Who, who are the other ones? All of them with the Wu Tang? Yeah. Let me see if I can remember them all. Ghostface, RZA, Jizza, Inspector Deck, Raekwon, You God, Old Dirty Bastard, Method Man, and Master Killer. Really? I thought there was like six. No, 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 no. And that's just the main members I just named. I, I forgot Capadonna, even though he's kind of a, he's a main member. He's not really a main member. There's a like- lot of members of Wu Tang. Are these are these actual members? Or are they like honorary? Yes, they're actual members of the Wu Tang. Like if you if you buy a Wu Tang album, all of them will be heard on the album. Okay, because I mean, like, you can still almost, have people in the crew, but you know no, they're not really those. Those like the Wu Tang documentary that just came out. All those are specifically in the documentary as the main members of the group. Okay, now there are other members of the group, but they're like they're, I want to call them Wu affiliates. Like, you know, like Sons of Man and Wu Syndicate and stuff like that. And But the main members are the ones I just named. So, originally when it came out, there was just six. No. Right. No. There was still nine, I think, if I'm correct. I thought those were just like, I don't know. Hey, whatever. There were nine. Yeah, they, everybody I named was the original members of Wu Tang. Hey, well, hey, I can't. I don't know anything about them anyway, so it's not really. It's not like I can say. <laughs> Let me make. I want to make sure, but I'm quite sure those are all the original members. Like when you're talking about all those those dudes, and then because I know like some dudes, I was watching videos and people were having debates on whether this guy was actually. A member of uh like Vlad, like Vlad TV interviews. Fuck Vlad. Vlad full of I, shit. I'm not saying Vlad is a good dude. I'm saying they would have somebody on there. I think they actually had one of the dudes that they, was asking him. Was asking him like, so what's the deal? Like, are you like people were questioning whether you were an official member of Wu Tang or not? And blah blah. They'd be having conversations. I never watch a Vlad TV interview because of Vlad. I watch it because of the person that he's talking to. I don't care about Vlad. I don't like Vlad. He has, I don't a, like he Vlad has, a, he has a whack attitude and you can, he just has this real, you know, he has a vibe about him, but you know, it is what it is. Vlad. It makes for interesting vulture in the extreme sense of the word. He gets these artists on there, has them say this wild shit and incriminate, incriminate, incriminate themselves. I can't respect them for that. There's a lot of things I've seen Vlad do. I'm like, fuck this. I can't listen to this dude. I don't like that. And it bothers me even more the fact that artists still go to him. Because they know he's worth numbers. Like, you know, that's that's the point. If you know how to play the game, then it is what it is. It's like the same thing as if you went to go have a, a sit down with Wendy Williams. Like she's she's trash too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's different with her. How? They're both trash. 
And they're both going to try to get you to some trash that might get you in trouble. So you just know how to... Because at least Wendy Williams is straight up. She tells you off the gate, this is what I do. It's not like she tries to sugarcoat it. It's not like she tries to hide it. Vlad kind of does it in a way where he's kind of coercing you to say something crazy. Like, hey, yeah, 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 man. Talk about that, man. It's not really like Wendy Williams. She'll bring the tea up to you, as they call it. And want yeah. you to comment on it. You don't have to comment on Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams will bring it to you. Like, hey, this is what I heard. Yeah. If you want to talk about it, we don't want to talk about it. But this is that. This is this and that. We know what that's about. You know, hey. and not saying that she's accurate and good at doing that, but at least she's straightforward with what she does. So I, I can, okay, respecting her for the fact that she's just upfront trash. Okay. And Vlad, he tries to be your friend and, you know, tries to, you know, but so that just means he behaves like most, um, most of the other creep. people in media. He's They're all trying to get you to say something that you shouldn't say because it brings in numbers and he can throw that on the title. Just like if, if you were doing a news interview, they want something that so that they can throw it on the headlines. They can put it on whatever to get more views and more clicks and whatever for them. It's all the same. It's all the, in the, all the same game. So, I mean, he's just playing it, getting it how he can. I'm not saying that's okay, but I mean, people point a lot of fingers at him like he's doing something that other people aren't. Yeah, I, 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 I see that. A lot of people are trash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I throw definitely. them all in the same bucket. That's one of the problems I had with DJ Ac- Academics. But I give him a little bit of a pass because DJ Academics seems more like a fan, like a kid almost. And he gets like caught up in the fame of these artists. And he gets in situations that he don't know then what he should be into. I DJ Academics, people get on him mainly because of his numbers. Like they they feel like because of the eyes that are on him that he should be a little more respectful. Like when you have that sort of reach, but he's still he gives his opinion in the same way anybody else that's tweeting or that's on Instagram or any it is any average person that's firing off their opinion. So I mean. It, he is very immature. Okay, he's immature. But what I'm very. saying is, is, is he's not doing anything that anyone else like isn't doing. I so, agree. But it's just the fact that he has, you know, so many eyes on him. It's like, man, you shouldn't be speaking on stuff you don't under, you know, that you don't understand. But you go online, you see the same opinions. You go search on Twitter. You go look on Instagram. Same people giving their their opinions. They just don't have that reach. So people yeah. get on him because of that. But so he's just an average person giving his opinion. So in some cases, I feel like people just you just need to back off because it's really not that deep. It's just another person giving their opinion. I mean, it's not like he really has any any power over. I mean, he has he has a certain in, in level a of influence. He, does. he has in a sense he does. To a point because of his numbers, you know what I'm saying? And I guess in, he, has a, he has a fan base somewhat, but his fan base is not really a fan base you know like people they really come to see him because it's like it's like watching a really interesting accident you know what i'm saying like his fans yeah. he doesn't get respect like that i mean yeah I don't, think, I don't think he gets respect like i said he's childish but the problem is what he does is people come on his platform like the whole thing with him and takashi 69 and all that stuff that was going on they were saying he was takashi was going to say incriminating stuff and people kept telling him like hey you might need to chill off on this stuff and having them on here saying the things he's saying because they will, the fans will start investigating you. <laughs> and well, he, uh, well, I guess to that point, yeah, I mean, but hey, if he wants to associate with that kind of stuff, like all you can do is give people warnings. But, uh, you know, if they don't want to listen, it is what it is. Um, just like Takashi, you know what I'm saying? People were telling him, like, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But at the end of the day, if these are adults making adult decisions, like, it is what it is. You get what you get. So, you know, I don't know. But I don't know. I, Speaking of I, adults making adult decisions. They're all decisions, just playing the game. I am going to do this segue because it makes the most sense to do it right now. Did you hear about the whole Jesse Smollett situation? Man, I'm not thinking about no Jesse Smollett. That fool. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm saying I this forgot about this, that fool. This is the reason why I'm talking about it because I think it's important to talk about this whole issue in terms of what it means I want to ask you: Is do you think it's okay? Okay. What What was the new update on his situation? Okay. So, as it was previously discussed, the charges for Jesse Smollett was dropped. Mm-hmm. 
and he had it. He basically had his um his file sealed. So Chicago police decided to go out and have his file unsealed and released it so the public can read everything about his case. And so as of today, his file has been unsealed and is released to public. So you can read every detail of the case and everything that they saw, basically. Um, to a point, I mean, it's if they weren't doing it for the like for the grimy reasons that they're doing it, like obviously it's like they're salty because they feel like they they lost. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this is, seems like I mean I don't know just the way they're reacting before when I was still keeping track of this whole story it it just seemed like they were salty you know what I'm saying like man I can't believe this one got out of our you know out of our grasp you know so it seems like this is just kind of a revenge and then you got other people saying like this is crazy like the Chicago police department is going so hard on him like like y'all don't have a whole bunch of dirt going on you know what I'm saying so yeah anyway my thoughts that's my thoughts exactly my problem with this whole situation is when you do stuff like this, it makes you look bad. Because honestly speaking, if the Chicago police would have dropped it, hey, he's off and left it alone, we wouldn't be talking about this story anymore at all. This would have been long, not even thought about. People would have forgotten the name Jesse Smollett. But the fact that they keep bringing it up and they're like building this vendetta against him, it almost makes you have sympathy for him. I'm not saying I agree with anything he did. I think he's a piece of shit. But in the same vein, I feel like if he wasn't who he was, would you guys go this hard to try to humiliate him? At some point, how much money is it costing to do all these things? So they're talking about all this. They're using the excuse in the veil that, oh, we we use all this taxpayer's money to they're looking up this case, which really they really didn't. They have to do that with every case. It's not like it, it costs a whole bunch of taxpayer money to look up stuff on the case, to look up cameras and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're using that veil to say, oh, we do want our money back for all the money, the manpower we did to investigate in this case. But we're going to spend more money to basically embarrass him and prove, to try to prove your point that, well, he did do something, but this, because they're putting more effort into the case after it's apparently been co- closed, closed for now. Than they did when the case happened. Well, this uh, is this is them reacting. It's like uh, somebody that's always the tough guy that finally gets beat up. You know what I'm saying? And he's gonna try to get, he's gonna try to build up his reputation, however he can. You know what I'm saying? Because he feels like it's been scarred. So they're like, okay, well, we can't win this way, so we got to come back another way. Because you know, Chicago PD has a. Uh, it's a nice record for being grimy. So it's like, and they and they usually always come out on top. And it's like they finally took an L. And it's like to to feel like they lost and there's nothing that they could have done about it. I guess because the money that was put, you know, the, the people that were on his side went way above what they could do. Cause he got off of that, even though he he really shouldn't have. But he, you know, he probably shouldn't have. I'm, I'm gonna say he probably shouldn't have got off, but then when I was reading more to the case, as heinous as the act was, the law actually doesn't give you too much fines for that type of stuff. It's basically like, well, community. It's, it's basically a falsified criminal report. It's like community service, pay a fine. Worst case scenario, you do a year in jail. Okay, but he got none of that. No, he paid right. a fine. He did community service and paid a fine. When? In that, that short period? That's why they dropped it. That's why they dropped the whole case. He did, he did basically what they had him do was he did community hours while the case was going on, and he paid like a certain sum of money. Like basically his um his bail money, they got to keep that. Then they just dropped the charges. I don't know. Uh, you know the the whole the whole thing is just kind of petty at this point, and uh, yeah. it it is what it is. They need to do exactly like they would do with their like uh, one of their cops. You know, if they if they got off on doing a crime that they obviously committed, they would just say let it go, 
you know, law, the, the, the justice system has uh, decided just let it be. So let, let his case be the same way they would theirs. Yes. But of course they don't want to do that because you know, the, on this, on this, this case, they're on the losing side. So, you know, it's, it's just trash. <laughs> the whole thing is completely trash. Yeah. It, it's, it's a situation where you don't really like people on either side, but the people on one side are so flagrant with what they're doing. It's like, fuck, I can't root for you guys. Fuck you guys too. Definitely. It's, it's just so obvious. Um, but yeah, so that was that. Oh. Yeah, we, you agree with me. So wasn't much to talk about what you think. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's not like it's much to really add to it. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, Death Stranding, what do you think? November 8th, did you expect it to come so soon? Mm, no, no, I, I didn't. But, I mean, I, I wasn't really checking for it like that because I don't really have a PS4. And plus, I've been kind of on this thing where I'm not really um, like modern games. I just haven't really been checking for it like that. I've just been like, I've been really wanting to play classics. So, you know, if something is has uh, that's been on my system list, for that, because all they do is re- releasing the same shit. Well, some of the stuff I'm actually interested in and other stuff is, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I love so, the, the, the switch is the only system where I don't mind a re-release of a game. If if it's if it's released the right way. Not yeah, like, is, not like uh, it, was it the world ends with you or something like that? Yeah, where it was all where the controls were janky. Yeah, because it's supposed to have a touch screen and you know that was that was a hot mess. So yeah, in that case, no. I I still want to play that game, but I'm gonna wait until I get a DS. I want a DS. Um, it's a good old Switch. It's not that DSi. Bad. I don't, but I want to experience it the way it's supposed to be experienced. The the way that people like. It became a classic for a reason, and and if the people that loved it bought it again on Switch and said this is trash, I would never want to experience it that way. Even though it might still be good, the story might be interesting. I'll just wait until I get a DS and uh, I'll play it that way. There's, I'm telling you, dozens of games on DS. Like, I was just thinking about that. Like, the more we get deeper into this whole, um, this is kind of going off, but like. The more we get deeper into this whole, you know, gaming is changing, going more digital, streaming is trying to take over. And like the quality of games overall is just kind of not all there's the, there's still, you know, some classics out there. Um, but just the whole vibe in the gaming industry is just at a low for me right now. So I'm just I'm kind of looking the other way at the thousands of other games that I still haven't been able to play that I would like to on Super Nintendo, on N64, PlayStation, all those, you know, so. I was feeling like that before Days Gone came out. There was not many games that really, like, grabbed my attention. And, like, I was like, well, this is boring. Like, even um, Sekiro, like, this is cool, but this is not something I see myself wanting to play every day to get to the end of the story. And it just so happened that um, Days Gone came out and it's another game, A Plague's Tale, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating game. Both of them kind of drug me back in the game, and, and I wish I could have played more of them, but with me starting the whole Patreon thing and stuff like that, I've been so tired of and busy with that stuff. Couldn't, didn't really have time to play games, but those two games grabbed my attention immediately when I started playing them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's another one I'm, I'm trying to play now. It's um, that VR game, Blood and Truth. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I saw a couple of reviews come across the timeline. I didn't check it out though. Is that a PSVR or is it a other platforms too? Yeah, it look, it's it's good, but I think my um one of my move controls is messed up. So it's, kinda... the move controllers you can use the ones in the PS3, right? It's all, it's all the same thing, right? Yeah, it's the same controller. Okay. They need, they, need to, they need to fix that, by the way. They need to come up with some updated move controllers like PS4 slash PS5 move controllers because this shit, while they're good, they're not very dependable. Like like durability is like they fall apart? or That's one thing. Another thing is they 
eventually get to the point where they stop working right. Especially mm-hmm. because you got to remember the um the move controllers is last console generations controller. And they I, mean, I don't think they made more of them like to that expensive degree. So well, they had to put out more. Yeah, but not like they did. They haven't updated that system yet. It's still the same move controller that came out like 10, whatever it was, 10 years ago. Yeah, they should have come out with a version two, and I'm sure they will for PS5. Uh, but, you know, I guess at this point, they were really just kind of dipping, you know, a toe in the, in the you know, VR waters to kind of see how it's going to go. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it did pretty well. So now I guess for the PS5, they'll say, you know, we're going to double up on it. We're going to really go hard. But they said that uh, all that stuff is going to be backwards compatible, right? So your VR yeah. headset from PS4 will work with PS5. So, but I'm sure they're going to come out with another version because they're going to want people to upgrade to newer hardware. So it's going to come. So they're giving you controllers and all that crap too. I hope they fix that because the PlayStation VR, the way it sets up is a pain in the ass. What do you mean? You have to hook it up. One, if you have to play PlayStation VR hooked up to your um, PlayStation, you can't run HDR. Like not even not even when you're in VR. If you're if you're not in VR, you can't play the HDR games. I told you to go get a splitter, man. <laughs> yeah, but I, still, I don't want to go behind that TV and unhook. I got a lot of shit hooked on my TV. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. There's a lot of shit hooked on my. I got look, three splitters. A, I want to say on my TV. Well, sh- why don't you just go get one big splitter? How 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 big do the splitters come? Nah, you can go. You know the ones with the uh, with the remotes. You know, like the it's the uh it's like a uh like a what do you call it a switch? So you you route all of those those cables into the back of it, and then you get a remote for it. So you'll just so you'll I guess you'll put labels on it. So you'll, so your PS4 will be number one, and this console will be number two, and this you know, and then you can switch through it easy like that. But how many HDMI ports they usually come with? The big ones you're talking about? Um, man, the I've expensive never seen ones. One. The expensive ones can come with with some numbers on them. I let me. I mean, I could look it up real quick. Let me. Yeah, but but I know that the super cheap ones, like like four. You know what I'm saying? But of course, you can get ones. I've seen ones that that were a couple hundred dollars, but those were like the smart ones, and they got the interface. But that one, those ones were actually for like um, not really for gaming. I think you can hook gaming consoles to it, but they're more like for uh, entertainment. So it takes all of the takes all of the stuff that you would watch on different devices and kind of puts it in one neat interface. So you don't have to go to this device for this, Apple TV for this, uh, uh, Amazon Fire for whatever, and PlayStation. It just throws it all in one interface. I think it was like cool. two, like two hundred bucks. No, the wait. one I use it has um three. I want to say, but shit, I need one that has like six. Five because I have the PS4, the Xbox One, the Switch, then I have the um, what is it called? The Nintendo NES Mini, the Super NES Mini, and the PlayStation One um, Mini console. And I have something else, I feel like I'm forgetting something. But that's six the, right there. They got the five. They got the five port switch for like thirty bucks, man, on Amazon. Well, I got that. Four K compatible and all that stuff. Got four and a that half out of five stars. That's like a good deal. I have to look at that when we get off the podcast. Yeah, man. And then you, you know, so I, what I'm thinking is, um, but what I was thinking is not even just like routing it through that box, but um. It's like, you know how you'll have, um, it'll be a splitter. So you'll plug one end into one side and then you'll have two ports over there just to make it real simple. So you would have, and you'd have two HDMI cables coming out the other end, plug one into one port and then the other for the other. I, I mean, I'd have to look at it to, to figure out how, exactly how you would work it, but there has to be a workaround for that. Cause I'll look into it this week. 
Yeah, if you do not have display options, like I'm, I'm sure that's gonna be in v, uh, VR version two. You're probably gonna get like a some type of workaround for that. But well, let me How ask is you this that, though, like real quick, place VR. Yeah, like does it? Do you experience like uh, like nausea and stuff like that? I, I was hearing about that. Some people um, can't really take it. It's a trick to not experience it. Like um, you can set up. Most games have when you go into settings, you can adjust it so you don't get nauseous when you play. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, I did that with a couple of games, and I had a blast doing it. Like when you walk in those games and you don't get nauseous, it is an incredible feeling of walking around this world that you can't like that you're basically living. It's cool. It's really cool to have experience that. There's a couple of games. I'm trying to think what game I played. It's two that, that come to my mind that I can think of right now that I can't think of the name of them, but they were incredible. My time with them were so great because I felt like I was in that world. One is the one is, is you play it with the the move gun. Um, it's sort of like sci-fi, right? Yes. I, I, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I know it, but I can't. I'm trying to look it up right now while we're talking because I want to. I want to get the name of this one, but it's a really cool game when you're like stuck on this planet. Farpoint. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I, I saw that. I I wanted to get VR just for that, but I mean, well, I don't even have a PS4 yet, so that, that's <laughs> that's not about to happen right now. It didn't. Uh, didn't um, No Man's Sky get a VR mode? Yes, I haven't played it yet, but I heard it's great. You wait. You have No Man's Sky. Yes, I have No Man's Sky. And you have VR, and you yes, haven't tried I, it. What is this? Haven't tried, like I said, I've been so busy. I haven't played many of the things I have. I have so many games I have just not played yet that I just that's sitting still in the package because I'm just busy as heck with it. trying to start up the Patreon and figure out what I'm going to put on the Patreon and how to do the Patreon and keep stuff updated on the Patreon. This doesn't seem like it's hard to do. Because it's not, but it's time consuming and it's kind of like Oh no. I I know that trash is not easy. You know, yeah. I just and then plus you got like ten thousand other podcasts on you, you know, aside from managing that, and then you're yeah. Yeah. Especially since we haven't talked about it since I've started the Patreon up. For those who know I started the Patreon up the last couple of weeks, but um started up recording shows for the patreon which is fun but then as lately i've been a guest on a lot of podcasts like it like leading up to the patreon it was like every week at least two people were asking me on their podcast then maybe you need to scale that back a little bit so you don't get run down yeah i'm starting to scale it back now because I, I gotta start recording more shows for the patreon i gotta record some episodes of the um fire brigade i gotta record some more episodes of basically all the Patreon exclusive shows. I got to record more episodes for because you know June's right around the corner, and we got to have episodes ready. Like one of the pop, fortunately for me, one of the shows that I have on there is Devin Cox presents, and that's really easy to do because all it is is me doing an intro for a podcast that I enjoy, mm-hmm. getting an exclusive episode from them, putting on the Patreon with my intro and outro, and people it's a podcast ready for people to listen to. It's a different podcast. I'm not nine times a time I'm not gonna be on the podcast, but it's just something new for people to listen to and enjoy and find a way to, a new way to find a podcast you might like. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about Delvin Cox Presents is it's on the Patreon, but you don't have to be a Patreon member to listen to that show. Oh, that's nice. Because it's all about you finding a new podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm reaching out to different different podcasters like, hey, give me a show for Delvin Cox Presents, you know, it'd be a good look for you. It's, I think it's a cool idea and I want to bring more people to different podcasts. Like, you know, when I say uniting the culture through diversity, I mean it and I think that's one of the ways I can do it. Like, it's more things I want to do with the Patreon in terms of being more active with people and getting more people into it. The more people get into it, I think the more fun it's going to be in terms of us having, like, one of the things I want to do and I want to turn this to a Delvin Cox Patreon special, but um, I want to do Patreon member of the month. Well, each month we highlight a, pay, a person on the Patreon 
no matter what tier it is, and tell you why this person is cool. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, why don't you, you know, just go ahead and give uh give the people a, a rundown real quick of what your Patreon is, what is, you know, what are you offering, why you decided to start it up. I mean, you still got like still got 10 minutes before we cut it. We we're already talking about it. You might as well run it down. Yeah, okay. Might as well talk about it. Um, well, the Patreon, the whole idea of the Patreon is I want to expand up on the Delmar Cox experience. I want to make it a bigger thing. I want to bring it out to more people. So one of the things I think of doing that will be getting the Patreon and bringing more people in that way because I feel like with the money I get from Patreon, building the podcast will be not be easier and cooler. I want to do a lot of cool things. Like One of the things I want to do with it is once it gets to that level, I want to Every three months, just give out a game console. So get, yeah, every three. If once it gets to that level, <laughs> every three months, let's like, like I'm gonna tell you the level. Three. If I get three hundred dollars a month, right? That third month, everything I make on that Patreon is going towards a game console, and I'm giving it away. Because it's not about the money; it's about building the community, having fun with that community, and doing awesome things with that community. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it sounds crazy to be like, damn, that's three hundred dollars every three months. You're just gonna give away, but I think it'll I mean, be worth it. It is nice though. I mean, you know, you might want to keep a little bit for yourself, you know. <laughs> but yeah. you know, no, but I, I definitely that is a really nice thing to do. Um, but I mean, you know, yeah, I understand you saying once it gets to that level. Yeah, um, it has to get to that level first for us to get to that part. Yeah. Of the fun part of it, but mm-hmm. I, another thing, one of the reasons, like I told Chalfy, one of the reasons why I started the Fire Brigade is because that's one of the podcasts on the Patreon where I highlight my friends. That show is not a, is not about me. That's why I don't even host that show. It's about the people who are around me, the people who have always been there for me, like you, like Chalfy, like Erica, like Derek. You guys, it's your time to shine on that show, so people can find you. And so maybe a year down the line, we could be opening up your, your guys' Patreons and getting people to follow your Patreons and people to get into your communities. I feel like if we keep building these communities, after a while, we'll just take over everything. And that's what it's all about. I think, I always say this, it's very important to promote and support independent podcasts because the big names already have their audience. Joe Button's audience not going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. so Rogan's audience is not going anywhere so why us smaller podcasts can't get our own audiences and build up on that and support ourselves through that because the way I look at it is I want to get to that point where a few years down the line I can be like you know what we're going to do a big old podcast convention and I'm going to get Joy Craig to do it with me. I'm going to get Chalfie to do it with me. I'm going to get Eric and her podcast to do it. I'm going to get Derek and his podcast to do it. I'm going to get PSVG to do it with him. And we have our own big convention, and we're the stars of it. We don't have to reach out to other big-name podcasters because we are the ones who built the community. And I think, and, and for Flat the kind of funny gets, that's one of the things they got right in terms of they built that community on their own. Yeah. And they made that name for themselves. So when people hear kind of funny, they know what they're getting and they know they support it for that or don't support it for that. And they've done a very good job of that. So if they can do that, why can't we do it for ourselves? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, that's and that sounds like a really cool mission, man. Like just to just to have that kind of like the vision. You know what I'm saying? I would I can definitely see that happening. You know, even if it I mean. The convention that's you know I mean, that's a little you know a ways away but yeah even if even if some steps in between then you know you could have like a couple smaller meetups you know until you reach that that level of a convention but yeah even with that man like everything it sounds real cool man just the uh the whole everything you know your reasoning totally. behind it yeah the uh, yeah, of course, you, of course you know, I wish you a bunch. I miss you. Uh, I wish you <laughs> uh, great success with all that, man. And that's why, I had to, of course, I had to 
support. I'm I'm glad you did, man. I really appreciate that because I know the first days of doing it, I was terrified. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it whatsoever. I was terrified, like, yo, what if this doesn't make nothing? Because you kind of like it's one thing when people listen to your podcast and enjoy your podcast. There's another thing when people come out the pockets to support mm-hmm. your podcast, whether it's a dollar, ten dollars, or whatever it is, it shows commitment. Yeah. And it's a lot harder to get people to do that as opposed to listen to something for free. So I was I was terrified. I was terrified. I think like I watched that Patreon Patreon all that day. Oh, you just sat there and tortured yourself, man. The best yeah. thing to do would have probably just been to set it up and, you know, let it go. You know, I mean, if you got some notifications, you know, when they came through, that's one thing. But torturing yourself. <laughs> yeah, I literally tortured myself that day. And I was watching it all day and terrified. And I was like, man, I got a lot of content on there. I hope people like the content that's on there. Cause this, I think when it first started, it was like five shows, five videos. Like a lot of content. Yeah. And I'm like, if people don't like this content, man, this is gonna flop. And I was ter- I was terrified. And it's a ter- it was it was scary feeling, but I'm glad that it's working out so far. People are starting to find it. And I want to keep building on that. And I know the mission just doesn't stop yet. I have to keep going, I have to keep building on it. I gotta pick myself up and keep going until I reach that level where I want to reach it. Oh, definitely, man. And you know, you you know, you're just starting. You know, don't you got the you got the right vision. You got you got the content. You know what I'm saying? It's just gonna take you know a little more pushing. You know, I, I'm always gonna keep on pushing it on my timeline. You know, everyone else on the all your other friends are gonna keep on pushing and supporting, and it's gonna work out, man. You know, it just takes yeah. a little bit of time, and uh, definitely. it's definitely gonna get there. Yeah, I like that people are excited about. I like people who are on the shows are excited about. Like, um, one of the shows I do is the UK to USA podcast. Well, the USA to UK podcast. Well, um, do a billion podcast, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a Patreon exclusive one. It's with my guy Ben, who's from the UK, and he likes American culture and stuff like that. And he never thought about doing a podcast, but one of his things that he does is he's a cosplayer. He does this badass Ghost Rider cosplay where he looks just like Ghost Rider from the comic books. It's so cool. But um, the thing about the podcast doing it with him is we compare and contrast the differences between the U.S. and the U.K. And it's fascinating. And he loves doing the podcast. It's almost like, do you remember the first time you started doing a podcast? Yeah. You remember that feeling you get? Fear? You... Yeah. <laughs> no. no, go yeah. ahead. But that, that, that excitement you get, he has this certain excitement about him knowing that he's doing a podcast and he's not doing it alone. And that he's like, damn, this is awesome. Like, I'm doing a podcast with you. And you're like, and it, it's good. And like, I didn't, and it's, I guess it's cool for him because he does, fortunately for him, he doesn't have to go through the whole thing that we went through of. Uh, we're doing a podcast. We got 10 listens. <laughs> you know, that's not something he has to go through. Mm-hmm. Because what I do is already kind of established. Mm-hmm. So he's coming in and getting that love for podcasting. And it's awesome to see that. Yeah. I'm mean, definitely have to check that out. Is that up? Yeah, the UK, the USA podcast is definitely up. You know, so run down all the... Uh... All the perks and all the the, the um, podcast, the exclusive content, because I'm still learning about it. I didn't even know that that was a podcast on the Patreon. I mean, I knew of the Fire Brigade podcast, which everyone should go listen to. Um, that's up now. That's, that's up. Hmm? Um, that the Fire Brigade's up there, which is, I guess, what I call it, the flagship show, where it's all of us talking together and stuff like that, having a conversation. It's me. Joey Craig, of course. Chalfie's the host. Derek and Erica. That's one podcast. Then there's Retrospect Podcast. 
which is a podcast where each month I sit down and talk with somebody about an important an, an important event and well, I can't talk now. An important event in history. And we talk mm-hmm. about what it means to them when they saw it and what it meant to them as of today. And it doesn't have to necessarily be something like 9-11 or something like that. It could be small events. It could be sporting events. It could be anything in history that you remember that you kind of had an affinity for or that captivated your heart and your mind mm-hmm. and what it meant to you then and what it means to you now. Like, you know, Bobby taught Bobby Paul, a.k.a. Nintendo Guru, he was talking about the Tyson um, Buster Douglas fight. He broke that down, how that fight went down and what it meant to him to watch that fight in real time. And he told a story about his grandfather and how his grandfather loved boxing and how they bonded over that and stuff like that. So I, that's what's so cool about that podcast because you're getting different opi- different people on every month and different opinions about things we saw in life. Like an, another one I'm going to record for that episode. I'm t- recording an, another episode of that podcast with somebody his name is Ben also and we're going to talk about um, he wants to talk about the death of Princess Diana and what that meant to him seeing him as seeing that as a kid to him that's I think gonna that's pretty a, that's going to be interesting yeah it's going to be an intense episode I mean yeah. I, I didn't I didn't really I felt I felt the energy of it more than I really understood what was going on when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Because it was still, I was still really young, and that was a period of time where I was still sheltered from a lot of stuff. Fortunately, so I got to you know kind of experience life, you know, through the uh, rose-colored glasses. So you know, once everything started to come off, was around 2000, of course, 2001. You know, then boom, I get the full blast of everything, but. Yeah, man, that's gonna be it's gonna be a even uh, intense episode. Yeah, and then you got the UK to US podcast, or the USA to UK podcast. I keep saying it backwards with um Ben, aka Ghost Rider UK, where we're talking about differences between the US and United States. And the first episode was about um soul food, how the US has soul food, and the UK has their weird things that they have that they eat. It's just a compare and contrast, trust. and it's real cool hearing the differences between two countries that are so similar, and how they think some of the things that we do is weird, and how we think some of the things they do is really weird. Like, um, they call cookies biscuits. That's the most that mess. Their cookies, <laughs> yeah, they call cookies biscuits, and our biscuits are like something else. I forgot what he said. It is. But they don't call our biscuits biscuits. Don't they? Uh, what, okay, so what? What's a cookie for them? Isn't is a, a cookie is a biscuit, right? It's something like that. It's weird. And on top of that, their 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 restaurants, like if you go to a KFC, they don't give you biscuits. What do they give you? Nothing. What? Yeah. And then they're. What was the other thing? It was their fries are chips. What the heck? Yeah, their fries are chips. Uh, if I'm correct, they put gravy on their fries. Isn't, wait, wait, isn't, isn't, uh, that's Canadian, right? Isn't that like poutine? I think, I think Canada does it too. We talk about it on the episode. We get deep into it on the episode. And I talk about how soul food is something the African Americans eat here and the history of soul food. And why do we eat those type of things? Because spoilers, slavery. <laughs> you know, that was the shit they didn't want to eat, so they gave it to the slaves. And it's it's a real interesting con- con- uh, conversation. And we just recorded the sep- second episode of that podcast, and we talk about the difference between our news outlets and their news outlets, and that's really fascinating. And I found out something I did not know at all. I was shocked to find out. Hey, if you want to find that out, y'all listen to the podcast. Yeah. Episode of the podcast. Exactly. I was just about to I'm say that. Like, I'm not giving that away, but it's something that shocked the hell out of me that I didn't know was a thing. Hey, now I need to go listen to it. Yeah. It's, you won't believe it. In terms of um, 
their media. Yeah, you know, I, 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 of course, I have this urge to be like, well, like, what is it? But <laughs> I'll tell you offline. No, 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 no. Off but you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. hear the episode anyway. So you're gonna hear what it is. But yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I already told you about the last podcast on there. It was um, Delvin Cox presents. So those are the main podcasts. Like if you if you pay a dollar, you get all the exclusive podcasts. Of course, that's a lot of content for a dollar. Yeah, you get four plus podcasts every month. And when I say four plus, I mean because those are not the only podcasts I'm doing. I'm also doing like exclusive podcasts. Any extra podcast I do that month goes on the Patreon. Like I'm going to record a Game of Thrones spoiler cast with Erica. That goes on the Patreon. Exclusive to the Patreon. Any movie reviews we do, exclusive on the Patreon, audio and video. If you pay a dollar, you get the audio version of that. It's a crazy deal, man. Yeah, Everybody should five dollars to get the video version and all the other video that. content. But it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of cool stuff on there that I think people should just go check out because it's awesome, and I'm putting my heart into it. Definitely, and I'll. Uh... I, you know, I always say, always say, whenever I do the episode, I'm going to make show notes, show notes, show notes, show notes. And the show notes would be cool if I actually made blog posts about all these dang episodes like I used to. But then I, lately I've been slipping. And so I posted on social media. You know, I always, I always either I put the episode on YouTube and, you know, I put it on Twitter, which I don't even put it on Facebook like I used to. But my Facebook is more personal. So, I mean. I do share it with my people. It's just they don't they don't really listen to it like that. Like I, I like the first time I ever had a family member listen to it was like they were they were surprised. You're like, oh my god, I didn't know you do a podcast. And you know, so she was kind of uh a frequent listener for a second and then that kind of fell off. So it was like, eh. <laughs> What's the point of that? But one of these, uh yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna get back on my blog stuff and uh I'll put some Put the link to your Patreon on there under the episode. That's all I was saying, basically. Definitely. Thank you. Oh, no problem, man. Is there anything else we got to talk about? I think that is... I know there's something, but I can't think of it right now. a couple of things. Want to talk about Game Pass being a PC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. We we can hit that real quick. So, you got an Xbox, right? You got an Xbox One, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, got it. So, So, what do you think about Game Pass going to PC. I think it's a good deal if it's all together. I mean, Microsoft is kind of on this Xbox experience across platform. Um, Which I don't like, by the way. I I don't like it, but it is what it is. And I kind of understand why they did it, because they're failing. If you keep that experience locked to the failing platform, then that means if the Xbox console fails then the brand sinks with it. So they had to kind of take it off and put it off on other platforms to save it. So but I get not it. Really, I don't they're like failing, it. But they're not really failing. They they are their third place now. Didn't didn't the the week uh the switch passed it up, right? I think so, but that's yes. But they're they're failing, but they're not really failing because they're profitable. Look, they're profitable, but and by a lot still, but look I understand, like to the to the average company, right? If they were making what Microsoft is making off Xbox, that would be a good deal. But look, they don't know how things can change. You know what I'm saying? If if things didn't kind of balance out after that, Xbox could have been like Dreamcast. You know what I'm saying? It could have could have uh, plateaued around. Was it didn't MS plateau around like 10 million, 11 yeah, million? Yeah, but Xbox is way past that. To a point, they're they're big they, in the UK. X, surprisingly, Xbox is like they haven't given out numbers, but they say Xbox numbers are between thirty-five and like fifty to sixty million units sold, which is pretty good. It's pretty respectable. All right, and the the fact that the Switch did that in about a year and some change is not. That's I mean, well, that's like two years. Two years now. Compared to when did that second come out? It's like the late 2013. That's a that's a that's, that's, that's a mess. I can't believe <laughs> the that, but that's not a fair comparison because the Switch came out hot. The Switch is probably one of the most popular consoles ever. 
So what I'm saying is, is compared to Xbox's position in the market when it comes to, compared to the other two, it's not failing. But right now, it's kind of shaky. Not even close to failing. Like it's not. I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't even say shaky. I think I, I, they're not where, where they need to be at because it, it, the original 360 sold so much. So when you look at it as compared to that, you go like, oh, okay, I can see where, where you can have those problems. But it's not. This is not a situation like WWE kicking WCW's ass where Xbox is going to go out oh of business. Oh my god! That's not gonna I don't know what the heck. Come on, no, no wrestling references when it comes. <laughs> Joey you know wrestling. <laughs> I don't know about that trash. Look, but I I hear you. But the thing is, is it was such an emergency. Like they they had to break. They had to basically sell Xboxes for nothing and throw in three games to get to where they at right now. So if they think, didn't do that, it it, it would have the numbers would have been way lower. They were selling them for one ninety nine plus three games out or at Black Friday. That was that was a hot deal. Like you can't beat that. You know what I'm saying? The fact that they had to do that, though, and this was years ago, like just really showed how bad they were doing at that point. And then Game Pass came Uh, out as an emergency. Like that was another emergency tactic. It's like we are failing. We need something else to bring people on board. Okay, here's 100 games for $10 a month. They're doing everything they can to bring people on board. And another part of that was having to rethink what xbox is and so it's now a family of devices versus a single console which i don't really care for as much especially with the fact that with how they're doing things because the xbox experience on pc is actually starting to get way better than the xbox experience on console so it's i think they're so focused on uh looking toward the future of xbox that they're sort of leaving the console in the dust. I think you hit hit it right on the head right there. I think as of right now, their goal is far different from what PlayStation's goal is. Their goal is looking toward the future in terms of I'll be surprised. Not this next console, the Xbox, whatever they're gonna call it, not that one, but I'll be surprised if the one after that is an actual console, as opposed to something more like game pass with the stadium or something like that where you buy like a fire stick or something like that and you can connect it and just ha- buy your games like that digitally because i think it, that's the way they're going now nah, that's too much of a shake-up that's too much of a shake-up not necessarily, just, like I said, not necessarily the next console not the xbox 3 or whatever you want to call it but the one after that i can see that happen i can see them coming out with as many devices um as the people want you know what i'm saying if people people are i don't i don't think people are going to be given uh i don't think people are really going to buy into that that whole idea of just streaming just yet you know what i'm saying a lot of people really don't have stable enough internet for that um we still got a lot of people that have data caps so i'm saying it's hard enough for people to be able to download games and and DLC, but imagine if you're constantly streaming the game. It's just never ending streaming. So that's that I don't think that's really gonna take on like that. I think for some people that are in the right position, they have the right internet, they really aren't, you know, they don't need to have uh access to the to the digital file or you know what I'm saying, they don't need to have it local. Um, like fine, okay, that's that's gonna be a big deal. But I think that's what the whole point of the Xbox family of devices is about is just future proofing. So yes, they're going to stick with the console market, like the traditional console for a while. Um, and of course the Xbox one S with no uh, digital, the digital only version was to kind of test it and see how people react to it, which it hasn't been that great so far. So I think they were sort of seeing like, okay, well, how deep are we into digital? Like, does the Xbox, does the next Xbox really need to have a disk drive? So they're trying to see how that's going. It's not going so well. So obviously the next Xbox, the main console is going to have a disk drive. But, you know, so you're, I mean, you, we're just going to see, we're going to see a whole family of devices, but I don't, I don't see that happen. Even after the next one, I, I don't know. I mean, 
we'll see. see. We will but see. Spoilers for a few weeks. I think they're going to announce their next Xbox at E3. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to probably show that bad boy at E3. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why Sony was like, nah, we'll skip E3 this year. Which to what? me makes sense. Why would Sony why would Sony avoid unless they didn't have anything to but they already put out information on the PS5? So it's yeah, like that's my point. They don't have a I don't think they have their console ready to show. And if they to. go there and Xbox shows their console, that's gonna be the highlight of the show. Nah, you don't have to have they don't have to have the whole thing to show. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't even have to be available for demoing. All they had to do is show a, a freaking concept box with a concept controller, and they already showed the specs. Throw it together, show some um, some freaking some uh, what do you call that crap? Like some some gameplay or what concepts of what they think might be coming. They did that before. They do the concept real, but I don't think Sony's ready to do that. I think Microsoft is, and I think to be fair, I think Microsoft is more. They need to start getting ready to launch their console. They need to strike first. They oh, need to strike first. Definitely. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the new Xbox came out this year or maybe early next year because they need, and I feel like they might strike this either this year or early next year. And I can see PlayStation dropping and then PlayStation 5 summer or maybe fall next year, 2020. Consoles are definitely coming next year. Like, there's just yeah. no. And I'm not, I'm not honestly, I'm not ready for them to come. I can wait on it. I'm not. I mean, just like I was telling you earlier, I'm already not worried about the games. You know what I'm saying? That are out coming out right now. I'm not worried about spending money on some new hardware. The only reason I would really, I mean, unless they come out with some games between now and then, that really is like, I have to have that day one. You come out with a Jack 4, I'm getting a PS4 day one. There's just no question. Like, that. that is a game I've been waiting for for over a freaking decade. So I'd, I'd have to have it. But other than that, I don't think there's really anything that they can do to convince me to just be like, I need to have this. Unless they, I mean, but things can change. Um, it's just, there's not, there's not really that much out right now that's interesting you know we got a whole bunch of open world games stories are becoming repetitive um i think we're just kind of becoming numb or i am at least i just i'm hitting a point where i've seen it all and i've somewhat done it all in gaming and creativity seems like it's at a low and greed is just kind of taking over you know i mean fools are more focused on how they can um charge us again after we already paid the initial $60 versus giving us a full and really interesting experience and so that that's another reason why gaming is is just kind of at a low because it's just the creativity is not going where it should i mean that's why certain games are getting canceled while others you know like like what about that you know the Xbox not the the Xbox the Star Wars game that uh Visceral was working on like the fact that they canceled that because they couldn't find a way to milk the consumer for more money. It no, it, it didn't matter if that was going to be a award winning experience that could have been on the level of like uncharted or the last of us. It could have been next level. They weren't worried about that. They were just like, forget that. We don't care if we can't, Find a way to throw in some microtransactions. We don't want it scrappy. I think there's more to that story than meets the eye. I mm, greed. Look, I greed, think greed plays a part that, into it. It's not that complicated. I think greed plays a part into it definitely. I think that it's a little weird that they had all those Star Wars games announced relatively at the same time. Like what? Because when they were making that visceral Star Wars game, Fallen Order was still being made. That's oh, just them. That's them milking trash. But people milk stuff all the time. Yeah, I think they were they bit off more than they could chew. I think they were trying to make a bunch of Star Wars games come out at one time. Then they realized, oh, all these games are too similar. 
they realized they and they started seeing the backlash from Battlefront. And they started saying, like, maybe we should fall back on some of this stuff. And feels like they was trying, they did Amy Hennon dirty. That's that's the best way to describe it. Of course. You put your you put all that energy into a story, developing a story, trying to get people the best experience, and you're constantly hitting roadblocks because of greed. Now I hear you saying there might be more to the story, and there might just be, but from what I heard, it's greed. That's yeah, exactly. So and I. That's why they're in the predicament they're in right now. EA is so, not looking too good, to say the least. And, and then how Anthem came out, and man, Bioware, like that's so bad, man. And the people are just saying that you might as well just give up on them. Because it's like they're just not the same company. People, you know, they're, they're talking about, well, this person left and all the people. I, I mean, I don't know the whole story. That's why I'm saying people said and this is supposedly because I don't know for sure. But supposedly a lot of the people that were responsible for the classics have left because of all the things that are going on. You know, I mean, whether they left before just because, OK, the end of the project happened and now it's just their time to go or. It was just too frustrating because things were just chaotic and they went their own way. So now you got a bunch of new people working under the name of Bioware. So it's just literally not the same company. And that's why we're getting what we're getting. That plus there's a whole bunch of crunch time going on. You know what I'm saying? So they don't have much time to actually take create the concept and really develop flesh it out. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that's a mess, man. That, that, and that really that really disappoints me because Mass Effect is still one of those series that completely it was it was a a whole new experience for me. My favorite video I, game series, yeah, of all time. It, it's my favorite video game series. I, I love that series. It, it was it was it was amazing. Like I, I want to play it again, but I want to play it on uh, P. I want to play it on PC, full graphics cranked up, create a new character, and just take my time and go and check out all the things that I didn't you know get to see or didn't check out because I was trying to get from two to three. You know what I'm saying? The fact that there's so there's planets. There's planets that I didn't go check out because I didn't make a different decision. I people were asking for help. It's like, oh, can you help me? My my father is on this planet. Please help me go down there and do some missions, full missions that I could have gone and I could have uh, experienced, but I just didn't because of the decisions that I made in that game, and so my path was changed. Like that kind of stuff just like blows my mind that they. We're so into creative. the game that all these, yeah, that creativity that created all these different paths. You know what I'm saying? It's that's that's deep, man. And the fact that all that is gone, oh, such a disappointment. Man. Damn. But it is what it is, man. What can you do? Uh, hopefully, they can kind of bounce back. Um, I have no hope for Anthem. Uh, <laughs> no <one does. laughs> I have zero hope for Anthem, man. It was it was fun at first. Did you did you really jump into that? Yeah, I did. It was okay. It it sort of had Mass Effect like mechanics with the combat. I think that's what got me because it, it still looked a little weird and jumpy, like the, the speed at which they were moving and. I didn't really care for it as much. I like the flight. The flight was super fun. Um, just crazy to kind of hear that they almost cut that out. That mechanic almost didn't make it in. If, man, if, if that didn't make it in, that game would have been an absolute flop from day one. That That's what kind of makes it. Like when you and your whole team, when you're hitting a corner, flying around a mountain, like that's, that's one of those moments where you're like, okay, this is, this is pretty freaking cool. You know, I know it has its bugs, it has its issues. The combat is, is, is really freaking simple. Don't have that many weapons, bugs here and there, but this is a really cool freaking experience. Yeah. You no, know, 
And it, if that would have been gone, it, it just would have lost everything that it had good. Well, pretty much everything. I agree. All right. Yeah. We got to go wanna... somebody get yelled at. <laughs> Erica can hold up. <laughs> <laughs> no, she can't. <laughs> But yeah, all right, man. Well, it was nice. This was cool. We talked. This is the first podcast we had. The first Skyrocast we had in like, dang, was like a month. Yeah, dang, way too long. We'll do this more often. But yeah, this was uh, this was cool. So let's close it off. Um, Thank you everyone for listening. Um, If you enjoy the podcast, you listen on iTunes. Please go on iTunes, give a rating and. Comment or whatever that thing's called. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, uh, definitely give a thumbs up and subscribe so you can get um, and hit the bell. Hit the bell so every time you know new stuff comes out on the channel, especially new podcast episodes, you will get a notification right away. Um, and if you haven't, go check out go check out Delvin's Patreon. You support what he does on any of his podcasts definitely go show some support to him on his patreon and thank you everyone for listening we're out we're out later <laughs>